evening, Saban. Good evening, Dan. And um, nearly Happy New Year. Yeah, nearly. I mean, it's currently the 31st of December. We are recording episode 59. Is it? Yeah, this will be uploaded in three weeks. This is 59? Yeah, this would be because the previous two were 58 and 50... uh, 57, 58. Oh, no. Oh, no. So this is episode 60. (laughs) Oh, big. I can't count. So, yeah. Happy 60. 60th anniversary. Uh, 60th episode. Let's just move on from the whole section. Okay. Um, How are you? Yeah, not bad. I mean, it's only been like two days since we last spoke. So, yeah, not much has happened. Just banging flashcards as I do. I've been banging past mid. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Uh, This is, I think, unless I'm mistaken, I should know. I think this is the last written exam I have to sit in med school that's yeah it'd be a bit peak if it suddenly turns out there's another one you're oh crap there's something revised for this one (laughs) there's something we have in march the psa the prescribing yeah yeah but i don't actually know whether that's on a computer or how it works but yeah anyway this is like the final progress test sort of written exam we just have to pass so yeah hopefully hopefully that will be okay and then i've got an oski the week after oh so the psa isn't scored directly in any way just pass fail i believe so yes important important details i should know but <laughs> yeah. I mean, because from what i understand we haven't actually been briefed on it yet from what i understand that's the that's the qualification that allows you to be able to prescribe when you graduate so i can't imagine that if you do su- super well you could pres- it's like you can prescribe better certain drugs yeah you're like doing immunosuppressants and stuff in like the first week <laughs> you're just saying to the um like consultants oh yeah I put them on this and this yeah you're there like switching antidepressants like oh yeah it's calm and the people with the lowest scores in the PSA they're just stuck with like paracetamol <laughs> and and you can't even put like a high dose of paracetamol you can only give like one off like yeah. yeah I don't know basically like, oh yeah I ran out my paracetamol like prescriptions for yeah, the day yeah. I can't oh, do I anymore and it's like oh yo what's the point <laughs> I laugh about this but if I don't pass the PSA then I can't prescribe at all which will yeah. be even worse so mm. hopefully that doesn't happen but yeah so that's me and then what are you revising for um so I have two main exams at the end of the year the well three exams I have the written um specialties exam which covers obs and gynae pediatrics and psychology psychology psychiatry um and then I have the pathology written exam, which is basically just pathophysiology of like the entire body and every single condition. And then the practical exam is the PACES, which, yeah, it's, it's PACES, you know, you know how it goes. But yeah, again, that's only mostly for the specialties as well. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm slacking a bit on the PACES side of things, but you know, new year, new me, gonna get a start on that one. I and remember your, your OSCE in third year. Got cancelled, so. So what happened? I'm going in blind. Is this... uh, yeah, just no OSCEs happened because it was the first year of COVID. It just locked down. And, and yeah. then last year you intercalated. Yeah, so. This is it. It was just, so they just had to reweight some of our previous like written exams and stuff. Wow. So, yeah, it's a bit of a madness. I have no idea how practical exams actually like feel like, work like, and this is like arguably one of the more important ones of med school so it will be interesting how that goes down and what's actually even more annoying is that well it kind of came in my like benefit at the time because in third year I'd only actually started like my OSCE revision like at the beginning of March which is when COVID started really ramping up in the UK and then lockdown happened like two weeks later and the rest of the year before that I'd literally just been focusing on the written exam that we had in third year so then 
basically I got away with um, because I realized that damn this is actually going to be a struggle for Oscars now to actually really cram everything in so I would have had to go really high yield and just make sure you know I'm presentable for the exam kind of thing but yeah it just got cancelled so I just kind of got out of that one a bit lucky for just being you know not having the foresight to realize you know Oscars require more work than just a couple of months um, I mean I must say for me I haven't my approach to Oscars hasn't always been the most like OSCE focused because what I usually do is because they usually coincide with the written exams. Yeah. I will revise hard for the written exam and then um, revise the examinations that you need to know mm. for OSCEs, but not practice too much history taking or anything and just hope that, I don't know, like, I guess this is probably bad advice to be honest um, for anyone mm. listening to this, but just as long as I know my stuff, yeah, And I've learned, and I know the structures for how to do certain examinations and mm. how to interpret, I don't know, an x-ray, how to interpret like blood tests and stuff. Then a lot of it comes down to just communicating well, like feeling comfortable with the patient and yeah, the sort of like the non-verbal stuff as well. Yeah. And I also realized that it's not always expected. The knowledge isn't always expected in the OSCE. I think it's more about um, patient manner yes that stuff is so important so often there are certain stations where I think I've done really well in the past and ended up failing it because I just made one mistake so for example there was a in June didn't watch your hands <laughs> that <laughs> automatic would be bad. fail I mean in June there was one where this the, I was speaking to the parent of a child who had croup mm. and the parent and I, I explained, I'd like to think I explained it well. And in the feedback, the doctor told me I explained group well, I explained the management well, no problems. But there was one question the patient asked, which was, can, can the child do steam inhalation? And I said, yes, oh. you can't. Mm. So straight away, that's a fail. Damn. If, if I would yeah. just said, I'm not sure, I double check. Yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have failed that station. So yeah, uh, you can actually answer for a lot of stuff. Like, I'm not too sure. Yeah, but I'll, I'll have to check with my senior. Yeah, because yeah. that's safe. At least yeah. you're being safe. Yeah, that's the main thing. As long as you don't kill the patient, like, i.e., like you, you admit them when they should be admitted, you're not admitting them when they shouldn't, and you aren't giving any advice that would, like, kill the patient, then, you, yeah, is, you'll pass at least at, at that point. There were other ones where, so, like, in one station, the um, I just had a mind blank, and I forgot a treatment for a... A common basically SVTs um, oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 and I forgot the uh, first line treatment for it but I just said like instead I just said uh, like I'd go through the A2E assessment yeah, of the patient yeah. and stuff and it was fine oh like yeah I don't know basically I realized that you're not expected to have all of the knowledge and sometimes it's just about the way you communicate with the yeah. patient. And, and I think they also appreciate that sometimes you can just mind blank in that yeah, moment. Yeah, you can, it's stressful. happens a lot, yeah. Oh, the sweat when you're putting on the gloves. Oh man, mm -mm. yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. Um, but the, the thing about not really directly revising paces or OSCEs or whatever, I, I, I do agree with that, even though I don't actually have experience with doing the exam. Um, it is from people that I trust and who are, you know, who did really well in their like practical exams in the year above and stuff. And um, just from like, just like from a first principles approach to like learning, I know some people start like with their OSCEs and PACES practice, like straight away at the beginning of the year. But I'm just like, what are you practicing? Because you don't have any knowledge of the condition, at least in fifth year, because it's all specialties. Like, we haven't learned any of that stuff yet. So it's like, Okay, in the history, like if you practice an OBS and gynae station and like the uh, 30, a 30 week pregnant woman comes in with like sudden vaginal bleeding, like painless bleeding or something like 
okay, nice, but you don't know anything. Yeah. Like you need to actually have a baseline of yes. the like conditions so you can at least formulate some questions, even yeah. if you don't get to the diagnosis. 100%. But um, yeah, so that's why I actually left it for a few months because now I feel like I have a decent knowledge, like, decent knowledge base of like the major conditions, the main like conditions for like each specialty, maybe not so much peds, but a lot of it is in peds at least like for the major common ones that like, it's just the management would be slightly different just because they're a child kind of thing. But otherwise pathophysiology of the condition and everything is just the same. The way you're going to take the history is very similar as well. Um, but I suppose with peds, then it's more that like, how do you communicate, you know, between the child and the parent and stuff. So um, yeah, that's what like pays is especially like for rather than actual like medical knowledge, but you need the background medical knowledge. Otherwise you're not really revising much. And also flop. I'm doing something potentially very, um, very bad in between my written exam and the OSCE because they're like five days away, five days apart. Uh, in the middle, I might go to Ireland. Oh <laughs> um, God. And, and so... In for my, five days? In, for, for four days, obviously. Oh, for four days, wow. Okay, fair enough. I have to be careful with COVID, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not 100% going. Got That's to a bit like, fair enough. You're just going to... Is that with the attempt to practice or just actually go on yeah, holiday island do really good revision sessions so yeah yeah no. i booked out uh you know one of those courses you know <laughs> um, uh no no so i'm just going to i don't know get away for a few days we interesting that, yeah. i'd find that too stressful man I, I wouldn't be ever be able to do that yeah i can understand i mean if i fail then we can timestamp this moment <laughs> and be like this is the moment where dan <laughs> where dan made the mistake um but yeah i mean while I'm there, I will obviously revise. Mm. It's just in a different setting, I suppose. But yeah, basically, um, what I'm telling myself is as long as I revise, oh, bad though. Um, in the in the days before um, the written exam, in the in the four days, I'm going to Portugal um, because oh, that, why? That's where my mum's from, Portugal, and yeah, my, yeah. my grandparents and stuff. So I will be with my grandparents, like revising. You know, yeah, fine. It's not like it's I'm just... going to be going and like I don't know. Just you could have literally if you delayed everything by a week, then your exams would be over. Surely it'd be uh, like the utility, the relaxation. Placement the starts again though and stuff. Like it's actually oh, up to uh, the what, exam. Wait, when when's the exam? The exam. So my exams, both of them are in mid-January. And then after that, as far oh, as in I in like a couple of weeks. Yes. Oh. Oh, okay, fine. I thought these were like end of year type, like later on. Oh, well, do you, you think I was talking about like June? Yeah. No, no. I'm fair not planning enough. that far ahead to go to Ireland. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah, no. I um, This is all in like the next few weeks because we don't have exams in June, I believe. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, fine. So yeah, these are these are just a, January exams, basically. Um, Do you feel like you're prepared for them? Um, That's probably a major deciding factor as to whether you do actually end up going on holiday to so these the places. Is, or... the, the structure in my med school at King's is they do progress tests and... I'm happy to kind of talk about it a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah. It's the same question bank and you sit questions from that question bank. Obviously the questions aren't the same usually, but you sit that exam three times a year, every year. So in fourth year, I sat that exam three times. And in fifth year, which is the year I'm in now. I'm assuming it's different questions. like each Different time. questions, yeah, okay. but the same difficulty, same yeah, yeah. bank, same like curriculum. And when I say fourth and fifth year, it's fifth and sixth year, depending on whether you count intercalating. But um, so I've, this is PT5 now that I'm sitting. So I sat three last year and then I've sat, oh no, this is actually, yeah. And I sat one this year already. And now Wait, this so is, those progress tests, those were like in, 
in assessing your progress for f- these final year exams. Yes. Oh, mad. So from, oh, that, from the start really cool. of fourth year, we were sitting this exam. And so my score each time has gone up, thankfully, mm. yeah. um, because I should be getting better. But basically, I haven't failed any of them. And, and thankfully, you know, long may it continue, I haven't been close to failing them. You know, not mm. in like, I'm not saying I get great scores, but it's not been like... There's, there's a good buffer, basically. Yes, there's, yeah. a, there's a good buffer. So I'd like to think that as long as I prepare, which I am doing, mm. I should be fine to pass, you know, mm. like I, I would like to think so. And then with the OSCE as well, I didn't, and I had that in June. Again, it was, that one was actually completely formative. So I didn't revise for that one. And again, thankfully, I, I got a decent enough score to not be too close to failing so mm. um i thought yeah for this one as well as long as i prepare i'd, I'd like to think that i won't yeah and fail. then if anything actually just going on holiday just being relaxed and stuff you'd probably even come back even more refreshed for the actual exam that's kind of what i was thinking because mm. as i said i'm not going away and it depends how stressed you are before like if you feel underprepared and stuff then it's going to be detrimental but if you're already feeling yeah it's probably going to be all right if i were to take the exam like tomorrow then okay a couple of weeks it should still be fine it's not like you're gonna hopefully forget everything no i mean in in the next like two weeks as i said i guess we will find out but like i don't have any reason to think that i will do badly in this exam you know Mm. and i think as you said your mind can play tricks on you with exams like we now we're in like at the very end of our med school time and we've been doing exams since GCSEs every year, multiple exams. So we're quite used to like the run up to exams and how it feels, the the stresses that naturally come up, the self doubt and stuff. And at this point, I realized that as long as you're just consistent in how you approach it and you don't overthink it Mm. and you feel relaxed and you go into the exam hall, just thinking like, I don't know, I know what I know. I'll put that onto the paper and I, I believe I've done enough work. It always turns out okay it will reflect that and yeah that's how i feel about this one i've done enough work over the last two years to probably be fine and so yeah going away for the the days before just relaxing working in a different setting hopefully be quite nice Mm. obviously to be honest the biggest concern is covid like i don't want to be irresponsible with that especially seeing grandparents and stuff i guess the best the the best way to be responsible would be to not go in the first place but Mm. um there's only so much you can live in a completely restricted life with different... no yeah yeah so, and i've only yeah. seen my i haven't seen my granddad as much as i'd like to in the exactly. last couple of years so yeah yes yeah, it's, it's an interesting balance because obviously with grandparents and stuff and just more older reddit older relatives right you want to see them as much as you can because you know statistically they're more likely to leave this world at any point more likely than a young person yeah so yeah it is also sad imposing really you know draconian measures if like, you just can't even see these people and then you know they're dying alone and stuff like that not saying that your grandparents are dying but you know you just want to see them as much as possible yeah um, exactly in yeah the the later years because you also get a lot of you know wise words from them yeah i you mean know, through the years it's just wisdom experience that you get and to be honest being with like he's called i call him avor that just means granddad in portuguese mm. being with him i'm just gonna have like nice comfortable setting you know nice warm home-cooked meals and i'll be revising there he's got wi-fi i'll just be doing past med in portugal so i quite look forward to that to be honest but you, but you said you were going to do past med in portuguese just like just uh, switch language yeah <laughs> no, my portuguese is not good enough um oh that's actually a, a slight new year's resolution for me ramp up your portuguese yes so as you know like i like different languages and uh, the only language that i'm fluent in is english mm. um 
when I say fluent, I'm I'm considering that quite a high level. You know, like the mm. only language where I can express myself as well as I'm doing that uh, doing so now would be in English. But then in, in Portuguese and Spanish, I can communicate pretty well. Like you know, I, I could work, I think there and, and stuff to a degree. But it's just I would sometimes be encountered with like situations where my language is not enough to completely express myself. Yeah, I would like that to be the case by the end of next year with Portuguese. So that's like a little New Year's thingy for me resolution it's not a new year's resolution because i don't really believe yeah. in or not believe in them but it's like <sighs> just you know the the concept is a bit flawed maybe yeah. uh, like i you know i'm not gonna judge people who do although um, to be fair and yeah as in i'm not judging them you know it's a good thing to do but you know statistically they just mostly fail yeah and the thing is is that if you actually really wanted to do something you'd probably just start it straight away yeah like to be fair i respect the fact that i've noticed that at the gym over the past couple of days, basically after Christmas, a lot more people have been going to the gym. I don't know if they're just doing it temporarily to like work off like the Christmas calories kind of thing. Or if, you know, instead of just making a New Year's resolution, just waiting another like week to actually start doing stuff, they're just getting straight into it. And then if that is the case, you're not holding it like to a certain period. You're just starting it. Why? Because it's the right thing to do is what I want to do. I want to improve myself. So yeah. just start straight away. I'll be like, I'll start. On the 1st of January, like, it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, that's how I feel uh, to a degree. Like, I I guess it maybe it doesn't, it shouldn't be seen as like, I'm, I'm starting a new thing and it, I'm going to start it on the 1st of January and going to finish it. Like, I'm going to complete it or, or continue it at the same rate by the, until the end of the year. Because you, you can't look ahead like that. But mm. I, I guess you have to respect the fact that someone wants to make a positive change in their Definitely. life. And yeah, I guess for me, I don't, personally set like concrete new year's resolutions but it's just if if i think about the year ahead i still think what what is something i would like to see happen by the end of the year and i think the portuguese mm. thing is is a, a good example of that because we've talked in the last couple of months about my hope to buy that property um, my granddad's old property yeah in the north of portugal and also my granddad's getting older it's nice if i can get to a level in Portuguese where we can just communicate freely, completely, mm. you know, um, about anything really. And so there's that sort of, not time pressure, but just, yeah, I don't know, motivation in a sense to get good at Portuguese sooner rather than later. And then, yeah, I don't know, I guess in a way that makes it a New Year's resolution if you like, but it's not, a, it's not like on the 1st of January, I'm going to like sit yeah. down at the desk and start working. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I suppose if you are to set a New Year's resolution, like actually like a new a proper new year's resolution the pro best way to do it is probably only just set one max two mm. most people set like five six seven eight nine ten kind of resolutions like, oh yeah from the new year i'm gonna start going to the gym waking up early it, like, do some meditation practices every day like you'll you'll do like two of them for like three days and then just because you still feel unsuccessful like you're not actually achieving what you set out in your resolutions even though you're being successful in two things and you're maybe flopping at the other seven things you've told yourself that you're going to do. Yeah. You feel like you're not achieving it. You feel underwhelmed, you feel or overwhelmed. So you just stop doing everything, even though you're doing those two things well. So just set one or max two things. And then that's probably the best way to go about it. And I, the, for me, the Portuguese thing is not, it's something that I've been doing for mm -hmm. the last few years anyway, because I only started learning it in when I was a teenager. So it's not like, I'm starting a new thing. It's more just that I would like to start ramping it up and yeah. prioritizing yeah, exactly, it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, for, for me, a lot of the things are like ramping up and like it's about ramping up this thing or this aspect of my life or something yeah. or just creating a new focus on that life. But again, so set one or two things at the beginning of the year because you'll have that newfound motivation, new beginning kind of thing. But then you also have the whole year to make improvements, like maybe every month or every two months, add one new thing to maybe improve upon or start or do whatever rather than just putting it all to the beginning of the year and if you can't achieve all of them because it's 90 percent of it is just habit forming and obviously it takes some time to form a habit but you can only really form one habit at a time maybe two if they're like quite unrelated habits so yeah you can just kind of set one habit for the month of january and then if you've set it in that month then you know you can obviously continue that throughout the rest of the year but then add a new one in february kind of thing so you know you can it's all about building up one percent a day kind of thing and then you've got uh, whatever like 37x improvement at the end of the year so yeah you just track it <laughs> by the end of the year I had a 37 yeah. point 37 yeah, yeah, yeah. Point i think four. it is something like that it's, it's insane so even if you improve just a tiny amount or add one thing just every single day it becomes a huge amount by the end of the year so i suppose it's not necessarily a new year's resolution but it's more just what would i like by the end of the year that's what I'd like by yeah. episode, what, 60 plus 52, please? 111. <laughs> <Yeah>. 112. <laughs> yeah, I'm failing this exam. Um, yeah, so by episode 112, hopefully um, hopefully I'll be able to do it in Portuguese. That'd be a madness. And then hopefully I'll be able to reply in Portuguese as well. Oh, come on. <laughs> Let's see that. That'd be good. Yeah, not enough people choose to learn Portuguese, in my opinion. All well, right, preamble over. Let's get to the meat of it. What I was wondering is, this might actually just be an episode in itself, to be honest, because... Yeah, true. The, when, when the preamble becomes the episode, it's probably like the 17th time this has happened. Yeah, well, you need to either decide, keep the preamble or just move yeah. on. Because it's like a 22-minute preamble. Like, is oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, I've got a couple more thoughts about the exam All right, stuff. cool. Yeah, let, let, let's just continue with it and we'll save it for next week's episode, which we'll record in about half an hour then. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it, it's about the um exam the other the other interesting thing is with this exam just being a pass only situation there's not the same motivation to get a really high score which is quite odd in terms of like how it feels because yeah i don't know like it, it you, you just approach it differently right yeah so the only motivation for me to want to do well in this exam really is thinking about f1 and the fact that in six months, seven months time, I need to know this stuff, you know, mm. it's like, they don't really, they don't need to motivate us anymore with the idea of like competing for a high score. Now, part of the thing that motivates me is just the fear of not knowing enough when I graduate and start mm. working. Like I would just like to know that stuff. So in the next few months, I anticipate that I probably will just keep revising anyway, because you get onto the wards. If you don't know the simple management for stuff, it's not going to look good. So yeah, it's just basically I wanted to make a point about the motivation behind wanting to do well in this exam being different. Yeah. So this is your your last exam. Yeah. yeah. Of of the year. Yeah. Um, and of med school. Yeah. What do you think you're going to be doing in terms of studying after that? Because you're still going to be at like you know on placement and stuff. Do you think you're just going to go in hard on placements and just really just enjoy it as much as you can for the placement itself? rather than actually trying to take away stuff and just like learn specifically for an exam 
or you know then having to go back home and then revise for like another written exam like you usually have to do in the previous years i think my answer is bad oh i think i'm gonna just chill out i think i'm going to try and enjoy as much yeah. free time as possible before starting working because I, I think i'd do the same to be fair for the next two years we're going to be working full time so yeah or like f1 and f2 are going to mm. require like a huge demand so or they're, they're going to demand a huge amount of work so i will keep revising and i'm going to go off again i talked about it in the last episode or two episodes ago you know that feeling that like feeling of satiation like I know enough mm. or I don't know enough. I'm more just going to trust my gut in that regard and think, mm. oh, I, I feel quite rusty right now. I should do some work. And that's kind of what I've been doing in the last few months anyway. Because as I said, it's the exam in May that count, counted so much. So since May, the only times I've been studying are just when I feel like if I go into placement and I didn't really know what was going on and mm. I thought I need to go home and like go back over that stuff. So yeah, I'm just going to be doing it ad hoc basically. So yeah, that's my story with that. The other points I wanted to make are not actually related to the exam, but I don't want to turn into a whole episode, so I could just squeeze it in quickly. Mm. It's to do with the book from the last episode, The Death of Ivan Ilyich. Okay. okay, so this is future editing, Sapan, and although Dan said that he didn't want this talk about death to become an episode of its own, it ended up becoming an episode of its own. And although the feeling of death and exams are probably related to by a lot of students we thought it would just be best as a standalone episode so you can hear that discussion about death next week so we'll end this episode here then and you know like comment subscribe all of that stuff even though this isn't a youtube channel but see you next week